confused. Good, good. Confusion is a part of life. As our vengeance, fear, and love, all facets must be embraced. For then, and only then, will you break through the wall of mystery to the globe. What's up, what's up, what's up? It's Multiple Podcast Disorder, and I'm your host, Chris Cox, and welcome to episode four. On this evening's episode, we talk about reaching the final level and unlocking my imagination with movies. So if you're ready to listen, I'm ready to talk. Episode four is coming up now. What's up, what's up, what's up? Oh man, do I have a show for you guys. Uh, so as I gave a couple of hints in the intro, as well as the pre-roll, see how I sound like I do uh, this audio podcast stuff for a living. <laughs> no, I just wanted to sound smart. I Google and I YouTube a lot of stuff, so I just sound like I know what I'm talking about. Um, but like I said, as you see in the pre-roll, in the intro, I kind of gave a couple of hints of the Uh, Things that I'm going to discuss today. We're going to discuss a movie today. We're going to discuss The Last Dragon. Now, I'm going to put that out there. I love this movie. So when I speak about this, it's straight fanboy. Like, I may even run off on a tangent and bring up some wild story from I don't know when. But I'm just letting you know, I love this movie. It's on Netflix. They just bring it back to Netflix. And I've probably watched it. I've watched it two times. And as I've uploaded some... Uh, clips that I'm that's been edited into this podcast. I probably watched it another half time, and I'm probably gonna watch it tomorrow. So I love this movie. Just to preface me talking about that. So the Last Dragon came out 1985. It is a kung fu martial arts comedy action um, musical, <laughs> and that was a mouthful. But it really is. It encompasses all of those genres into one film oh and i even forgot to say it's a love story like i said i am a a hopeless romantic and i will debate anybody i'm serious i will debate anyone either in the anchor community you can message me on anchor you can leave me a comment on apple podcast whatever it is you need to do but (laughs) if you want to get at me and you want to debate me every movie or at least 90% of them, is a love story. At, at some level of it, it is a love story. Somebody or something loves something which is pushing him through the movie or pushing her through the movie or pushing it through the movie. Okay, <laughs> again, like I said, tangents. So it's also a love story. It's a musical. It's an action movie. It's a comedy. It is a dramedy. It is a kung fu martial arts flick. So all that being said, and it has a lot of really good actors in it. I know uh, main characters are Ty Mac, Julius J. Carey, Vanity, as well as uh, bit parts from William H. Macy, who if anybody watches Showtime or Hulu and has ever seen Shameless, he's the main character. He plays Frank Gallagher. I mean, so from a small, very little bit part in a 1985 movie, to the type of resume that he's put together is actually pretty awesome to go back and see kind of where it all started to where it's at now. Also, Chaz Palminteri, if anybody's ever seen The Usual Suspects, he is the police officer, the detective that's interviewing Kevin Spacey. So again, going from playing thug number three in a 1985 uh, kung fu flick to being a well-respected actor um, who's a leading man in a lot of movies, same thing with William H. Macy, from going from a manager named J.J., who probably had four minutes of screen time, to leading one of the best shows on cable and getting tons of awards for it. Pretty cool. All right, so in the beginning of Last Dragon, which is in the beginning of the movie, uh... Bruce Leroy, that's the main character's name. He is training and with his master. And it's his final training to see whether or not he's going to reach the final level, become the last dragon, basically be the master, be able to take on his own school, his own responsibilities, 
not have a teacher slash master anymore. So he goes through his training and he passes it. He catches an arrow. He's pulled, he breaks all these other arrows, but he catches the one that is the blue arrow and the one he's not supposed to break. So basically that shows he's reached the final level. He's He knew it without knowing, just instinct. And he can't accept it. He can't accept that he has reached this level that he's surpassed or is equal with his manager. The fear of that, of that unknown is too much for him. And having a wise sage old teacher or which we wish we all had, we wish we all had that wise uh, person in our life to help us deal with and, um, digest our feelings we wish we had that person and his master kind of says something that's very cool confusion vengeance fear and love all must be experienced and when you truly experience all of these emotions then you will finally break through the mystery the fear the cloud all that will be gone And you will understand that you are your master. You are the master. You have reached the final level. Basically, you have become an adult. And I say that because as a kid, I didn't get that. As a kid, I was like, oh, my God, he's the last dragon. It's so cool. That's the title of the movie. But as an adult, as I watch this, we're going to kind of talk about how the movie, how he does experience all of these emotions, but also how that helped him break through that cloud of mystery break through and how he became an adult and realized he's the master of himself and he doesn't need someone else's approval or doesn't need someone else to tell him yes you're a master yes you're good at this once you experience those emotions and once you're able to uh, digest those emotions and once you're able to get through that as an adult, which is true, that's when you fully realize you well, I'm adulting or I'm at that adult level and I can make decisions or I can look in the mirror and see I'm good at this or I know I can do this or I can rock this job or I can rock this interview or I can whatever it may be. And so being able to look back at this movie with adult eyes, ears and or and also just with the understanding of going through these emotions myself as an adult, it's pretty cool. So I hope you guys are going to come along with this journey with me. So as we're going to, we're going to get in, we're also going to talk about, I'm also going to talk about the um, antagonist, which is the bad guy of the film. Now there's really two of them, but the main one is Shonuff, Shogun Harlem. Yep. That's my man's name. Just like I said, it's Bruce Leroy and Shonuff, the Shogun of Harlem. So, I can't begin to go into actually how cool that is. And really, even though as a bad guy, just how cool Shonuff is. So my man has got this wild kind of mixture, definitely 80s style karate gi on. He's got shoulder pads underneath it. He's got this long perm slash jerry curl slash cornrows in the front. Uh, he's got these slit shades on that Kanye tried to bring back. And everybody wanted to rock them Kanye shades. And I was like, man, sure enough, rocked it first. <laughs> but um, he was just a cool bad guy. He was just so cool. But again, he, as a kid, he's like the cool man. He's so cool. I mean, he's a bad guy, but damn, he's cool. But as an adult, like, man, that's your ego. And you watch it. And as, like as an adult, if you watch it or as I watched it now, you understand that Shonuff is basically the evil version of Bruce Leroy. He is Bruce Leroy's ego. He's his unchecked ego that has never allowed himself to feel these other emotions. All he's ever felt most likely is is anger and or fear or mostly fear, which has turned into anger. And. So this character, so Shonuff, he picks on Bruce Leroy the whole time. So basically, he's a bully. So he picks on him the whole time in an attempt to get him to fight and settle for all who's the best martial artist in Harlem. 
and we'll get to that because of course it's the final showdown what martial arts movie doesn't have the final showdown with the bad guy that they haven't from the beginning of the movie so and we'll get to, we'll get to that in a little bit so as we come back to Bruce Lee we're understanding he's got to uh, feel these emotions he's got to feel because uh, he's confused in the beginning so he's already dealing with confusion now he's got to deal with vengeance fear anger and love he's got to deal with those now so the wise master, him being, you know, wise and a sage and just a great overall person says, OK, so I see you need to deal with a lot of stuff and you need to figure this out. I'm going to send you on your way and I'm also going to give you a special good luck charm. I'm going to give you an amulet that was Bruce Lee's. OK, I don't know who would believe that, but he for the story purposes, he believed it. So he gets Bruce Lee's amulet and he goes on the search for a master in Chinatown called Sum Dum Goy. So now I said it fast and I want you to all and I bet you some of you are saying it slow in your head. Yes, it sounds like Sum Dum Guy. <laughs> purposely, I'm pretty sure the writers wrote that in there purposely. So Sum Dum Goy is the, ma the master that Bruce Leroy has to find. So now we have the quest. So we've, we've introduced our main character and we've also introduced his, his crux. He doesn't believe he's the master, so he has to find another master. So here's his quest. Here we go. So now we watch him go through a leisurely stroll through New York City, through Chinatown, through Harlem, and you realize he sticks out. He is not like everyone else. He's wearing traditional coolie Chinese clothing. And here's a black man in 1985 Harlem, New York City. So he sticks out and he's already being him. He's himself, but he completely sticks out and is going against the crowd. So he goes, he watches movie. Of course, what movie are we going to go see right now? We watching Into the Dragon, Bruce Lee. As a kid, you don't realize it. You're like, oh, man, that's, I love Into the Dragon. Bruce Lee's a great movie. But then you watch it, you're like, why are they showing a movie that came out in 1973? It's 1985. <laughs> it's 12 years already. Why is this still in the theaters? But again, for movie purposes, you have to advance the plot. So here's what brings us to Shona. And here's why I say this is your this is Bruce Leroy's ego unchecked or anyone's ego unchecked. So my man comes into the theater full of his entourage he's got all his peoples with him they come in shut the movie down clap and introduce my man so i'm gonna give you a clip right now here's a clip of show enough coming into the movie Right. Like, so y'all get that. That's your ego. When your ego was popping out and you, man, I could dunk a basketball, or, man, I can do this or I can do. That's what you hear in your head is someone pumping you up like that. Like they was pumping up my man showing up. So he comes in the movie theaters. He's like, I'm shutting this shit down. I'm the showgun of Harlem. I'm back. We never really find out where he's coming back from. I'm going to assume you don't want to assume jail, but. You don't want to assume that, but he feel like he had the fresh out vibe going on. He's like, I'm fresh out. I'm coming to the movie. This is my shit. I'm shutting it down. So then, of course, someone issues him a challenge because he's a bully. So someone's going to inevitably stand up, inevitably stand up to this bully. So someone, a little young man in the movie, just hops up and says, boom, I know who can beat you. Bruce Leroy can beat you. So my man showed up as like, who? Bruce who? Bruce what? So now here we got the conflict. Showing up immediately is hopping on that. I'm hearing all these stories about how good you are. I don't believe it. You can't beat me. So the cool, calm, collected of Bruce Leroy, he's like, I'm good, man. You 
you just want to fight to fight. So I'm just going to go ahead and I'm not going to fight you because I respect the teachings and me learning martial arts isn't just to fight people. It's for self-defense and for me to calm myself, which is cool because most of us adults, when we get in a situation like that or we we're like, I'm just trying to live my life. <laughs> I'm saved. I'm cooling out. I'm good. I'm out of here. But the ego unchecked. It's like, man, I'm going to fight you. I don't care who it is. I'm going to fight you. So basically, he picks a fight with the whole movie theater and just starts just smashing, just whipping everybody's butt. My man Bruce Leroy takes off. So the movie has introduced us to the antagonist, to the protagonist. Protagonist being Bruce Leroy, antagonist being the bad guy, bad guy Shonuff, and also lets us know here is the quest. Bruce Leroy or Leroy, he's got to go find the master to be able to give him the confidence to possibly take on Shonuff in a final showdown. So here we go. So now we're getting on and he's trying to find this. And then we meet his family and how difficult it is to be different in your family. And now I say different just because I like comic books and I liked kung fu movies and I liked anime, but I liked football and I liked it. So that's that's like a first world different. That's an easy different. Hard different is when you're homosexual. Hard different is when you born a man and you want to be a woman. Like that's hard different. You know, so I, sometimes when I use that, I want people to be very aware that I understand there's two types of being different. There's being different, first world different, which is easy, which is, you know, hey, I like comic books and I lived in the hood and not everybody was down with that. So I faced some bullying and I had to get in some, some fights over that big whoop. But then there's the real hard being different in your family and you are trying to hide that. Like if you're gay and you're trying to hide that from your family and you have no idea how to get that out. So I wanted I wanted to make a difference with that because sometimes I say being different or sometimes I say being bullied. And I know I've talked about that before. It's hard, but it's easier to deal with than that. And that's true strength, true being hard. And I just wanted to make it clear that I understand the difference between the two. But it goes similar with this in terms of Bruce Leroy was very different from everyone in his family. Meaning he here's a family living in Harlem, African-American family. Dad runs a business. Uh, mom helps him running the business. But his brother is completely different. His brother is totally into rap, dance music, dressing good, you know, not necessarily being out in the streets, but being a, a figure, like being out there and people know this is, this is, you know, you can go get this for me, get that for me. He's a mover and a shaker. Not like he's selling drugs or like fighting people. He's just a mover and a shaker. He knows people. I'm a, I know how to get into this, you know. This show, I'm not paying for tickets. I know how to get this food. I'm not paying for it, blah, 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 blah. So just to see the stark contrast in Bruce Leroy and his family and him not necessarily fitting in, but not even thinking about how he doesn't fit in, just completely blind and and going about his day and not understanding how he doesn't fit in. It's just that's my family and that's who I am. And he doesn't even realize the contrast between him and his brother. So now you meet that part of his journey. Okay, meaning so now he's got his journey. where He's got to find his master. He's got his nemesis that he has to fight. But now he's got another possible situation that later on is going to show its head is he's going to have to understand or force to understand the true difference between him and his family and not that it's bad but he's gonna have to understand it and open his eyes to everything else versus just the singular purpose of martial arts that has put blinders to everything else that's going on around him so with that we enter into love okay so we've kind of talked about vengeance we've kind of talked about fear because you got to fight your your 
your nemesis, you have fear, you have a family issue, which is definitely what sometimes you want to get revenge for. And now we come into love and where we meet Vanity, our main female character, who opens Bruce's eyes to love. The first person that sees him for him. Like he wasn't weird. He wasn't this kung fu guy. He was she just liked him for him. She was immediately attracted to him and his ideals. Cause of course, as a movie, he has to save her, right? He has to be her hero in order to expedite that falling in love. Because in any crazy situation of extreme emotion you're gonna fall in love especially in the movie that how that's how they create that so of course they did and that's where Chaz Palminteri comes in as thug number three when they, uh, they try to kidnap um, Vanity and Vanity is a singer in the movie she's a singer she's a singer in real life she was a singer in real life and again that's why I said it's a musical because she has a couple of musical songs or musical acts in the movie uh, which introduces us to the hit music of 1985, which was, I mean, I think that soundtrack is awesome. I mean, you got Smokey Robinson on that soundtrack. You got Willie Hutch. You got Elder Barge. I mean, so this is a pretty awesome uh, urban soundtrack that captures, in my opinion, 1985 really good. I mean, it's awesome. even though I was four years old, I was five years old about that time, I still remember the music that was my mom used to play on the record or used to be on in, in the car or whatever it is. So as we get into love, so he saves her from the bad guys. He sees her. He's immediately smitten with her, but he runs off because he's the stoic hero. I don't need to stay around and talk. I make sure you get into a cab. I'm going to head home. Boom, boom, boom. Which, of course, makes her just like fall in love with him. Like she's melted already. <laughs> she's in love with him right now. And then as the story, again, progresses, he sees her on TV because, of course, his little brother, which is he's completely opposite from, who goes to all her shows because basically she's like a budding VJ slash singer. Like she is a talent. She is a a star. You want to say on the rise, but enough that everyone knows her. And um, he is smitten with her as well. So he's trying to go to the concert uh, to win a contest to go on a date with her. And once he sees the commercial with his brother Bruce, his brother Bruce is like, uh, Richie is a younger brother. So Bruce tells Richie, hey, uh, I need to go see her. That's the girl. So now you've already, now you're starting to create tension. Because he's like, what do you mean that's the girl? He's like, well, I want to go see her because yada, yada, yada. And so now his brother's like, okay, well, that's the girl I'm going to go take on a date. I'll take you there, but you don't even know what to do. So it's creating sort of a, a, a again, a conflict between uh, Leroy and his brother. So again, fear, jealousy, anger, love, confusion, all these things are, are starting to swirl about to hopefully lead our main character on the path to being the hero, to being the master. And again, as an adult, you look at it and you say, wow, you know, as much as this is a conflict, this is in the end what brings them together because they they argue or they interact for the first time. But it causes them to put their feelings on the table and it causes them to actually grow closer as brothers versus just Richie, the younger brother, saying, oh, my brother's a weirdo because he dresses like he's in China or Hong Kong and all he does is martial arts and versus his brother Leroy just walking around with blinders on wanting to be a master of martial arts so he actually embraces his family which is what ends up coming towards the end I know I got a little ahead of myself but that is what comes towards the end so this leads into the second meeting again my man Bruce Leroy has got to save vanity from uh getting kidnapped again it saves her brings her back to the she brings him back to, back to her place and it's like you dropped the amulet um i have it and he's just so excited for her and he's like 
of course, you know, I kind of like you too. And she's like, I like you. And, you know, so it's this, again, the, the second level budding relationship thing, love, which distracts him or is distracting him from his quest. But now that he has the amulet, he's got to go on his quest. He's got to go find some dumb goy. So he goes down to Chinatown. And again, another interesting spin when you look at it as an adult. When you watch the movie and you see it, you see these three Asian dudes and they out there uh, dancing to some kind of like hip hop, pop music. They got sunglasses on. They talking a whole bunch of Ebonics. They calling each other blood. And these Asian dudes. But they're more in love with the culture of New York City and the African-American culture and the urban culture just the same way that Bruce Leroy is in love with the Chinese, the Asian culture and is like thoroughly immersed in martial arts. So it was a great spin on its head to see what it looks like from both sides. Now, I know people, the world is about cultural appropriation and this and this and that. Sometimes you got to stop and understand some people love cultures. Cultural appropriation, throw it out there, in my opinion, is when you use something, take something from one culture and completely ignore the culture it came from. So when you take cornrows or braids and you completely make it a different name, but then you don't want to let kids wear it to school, but it's okay for this, like, I don't want to say, like, it's okay for, like, this Kardashian girl to wear it. But it's not okay for this for Tyrone to wear it to school. That's cultural appropriation. So again, <laughs> I'm off my soapbox now. I'm coming back now. So again, talking uh, it is a great flip on his head to see the different parts of New York City, and that even though you're different races, you can kind of be in love with two different things. So you show the one hand, you show Bruce Leroy, who's in love with the the Asian culture. He's in love with martial arts and all that's represented, represents. And then you have these three Asian guys, which they never really give them names. You have these three Asian dudes who are really in love with the urban culture of living in New York City. And uh, they are truly immersed into it. Okay. So they meet. Because they are in charge of this fortune cookie factory. They run this fortune cookie business. And uh, this is where some dumb goy is located. So they give my man the run around. They play. They because they're more street smart than what you would. So, again, it plays with stereotypes. So these Asian dudes are way more street smart than Bruce Leroy, who's from Harlem, which people would automatically assume, well, he should be street smart and they're not. They're way more street smart. So they kind of run my man in circles and send him off in a complete different direction and kind of laugh at him. Basically call him a chump. They're like, man, you're a chump. Get out of here. <laughs> and they make fun of him liking uh, martial arts and dressing in traditional Chinese clothing. They make fun of him for that. Like, man, get out of here. You know, they make fun of him for it. So he and he kind of doesn't get it because he's still distracted because like he's kind of starting to be in love and he's starting to move forward with that. He's starting to hang out with his brother a little bit. So again, he's distracted. So he's not even really thinking about this whole master thing. So here's now vengeance comes in there and we've all felt that. So he, and, and I guess I can understand it. it to me when I was younger, it just was another thing that happened that drives the movie. But here's where vengeance comes in because vengeance or wanting to get revenge it's more than just that. It's a hurt that you can't get over. So basically showing off this bad guy comes in, destroys uh, the family business. His dad ran a pizza shop, destroys the business, breaks everything up, throws his little brother in the garbage. Like literally they pick him up and throw him in the garbage. And then he gets there late. So he doesn't know what's happening because he was downtown. He was just with the other girl. So he gets there late. And his brother is just going off on him. He's like, you can't fight all that martial arts. You ain't fight nobody. You couldn't protect us. You couldn't protect mom and dad. You were nobody. You a chump. You a punk. Like, just calling him out. Like, pulled his car in front of everybody. 
have that one tear come out of you. When you when you have one tear come out of your eye, the level of anger that you at is like you can't even explain that. That's Hulk level. I'm ready to destroy a city anger when you just have only one tear come out. And that's where the vengeance part comes in. And, and people don't, you know, just, oh, I'm going to get revenge on somebody. But as an adult looking at it now is seeing how hurt he was listening to his brother say that to him. Like we don't, they don't show a whole lot of interactions with his family. And one of the main interactions of the movie until the end is his brother going off on him, telling him everything he's not feeding into the fear that he's not good enough or he'll never be good enough feeding into that confusion, that cloud of who am I really as a person? Cause remember he just got chumped by these Asian dudes that were street smart and they clowned him for wearing these traditional clothing. So who am I? Is this what I should be wearing? What, what should I be doing with my life? Then you get back and your brother's going off on you mad because you couldn't save your family's restaurant so you learn all this martial arts and you refuse to fight this dude that keeps calling out your name and keep calling you a punk to the city. Like, what's going on? What you going to do? They just threw me in the garbage, man. And I'm ready to fight and you not. So his vengeance almost wasn't was encompassing everything else. It encompassed love. It encompassed fear. It encompassed hate. It encompassed confusion. And so now we start to see some growth out of the main character out of uh, Bruce Leroy so now he's angry so now he's fighting he's angry he's working himself out he's punching his punching bag in his studio until he can't punch anymore so now he's so upset he won't even listen to vanity to his possible love interest when she comes to say hey I want you to be my bodyguard and you're a master and you look like a master to me so again the person you should be listening to that's like you look like a master to me i want you to be with me he's letting his fears and all this negativity tell him he's not he's like i can't be a bodyguard because i'm nobody I'm, I'm nothing so now you come back with this whole defeatist attitude and let's be honest all of us have had that all of us has let a bad situation or a bad review in podcasting or a bad whatever for a minute put us in this hole that has crushed us and we can't take any positivity out of it and you just sit there and spiral down this bad hole like i shouldn't do this i'm horrible no one's gonna like this why am i even wasting my time when you actually probably have people tell you man this is awesome and you can just keep and all you do is keep picking out the negative parts of it and podcasters fellow anchor podcastings i'm looking at all of us because I'm pretty sure we've all done this. Is you get a one review or you kind of don't like something and you spiral down this hole. No matter how many comments saying it's awesome, all you can find is the negative stuff out of it. So as we move on, we get to now, I need to take vengeance. So, but also more love. So she, he, she finally breaks through to him and says, I've got something to show you. So she shows him, of course, because he's a big Bruce Lee fan. She shows him this cool clip of all these different Bruce Lee movies with this awesome song by Willie Hutch called The Glow. So this is a great song. I love the song. I still listen to this while I work out to this day. And it sparks his an idea. This is how I should infiltrate, you know, from the movie The Chinese Connection. I need to infiltrate this fortune cookie place and find this master so he does that they still kind of outsmart him with street smarts but then he just uses his martial arts bust down the door he's like i'm I'm tired of playing you gonna tell me where the master is and then he realizes they take him to the back room master's just a computer computer just spits some dumb goy it's just a computer that spits out all the fortunes and puts them in the cookies and so now Everything is just dropped. So now he's like, his whole spirit's like, what? So he run, of course, you run back to your teacher. You run back to your master. You're like, why would you do that to me? Why would you send me on an empty quest? And his teacher's like, because you needed a master. He's like, you needed an answer that I couldn't give you. So you needed a master. So I sent you on a quest to go get a master. He's like, yeah, but he's just a computer. Yeah. 
and he still couldn't get it. And the coolest part about it that I never understood, and it's to be funny, I never understood this until I watched another movie later on in life with my kids, and it was the very first Kung Fu Panda. And I, I know I just went from the last dragon to Kung Fu Panda, but it was the Kung Fu Panda. And I never understood this part of Last Dragon until then. So this is probably like a 20-year gap here or even more. So in The Last Dragon, his master gives, Bruce, master gives Bruce Leroy an empty fortune cookie. And Bruce Leroy doesn't know it's empty. He says, in this fortune cookie is everything that you need to know to be a master. And he opens the fortune cookie. He's like, but there's nothing in here. And he's like, think, dummy. I just gave you a fortune cookie with no fortune. I sent you on a master with no exist. That I sent you to find a master that doesn't exist. There's one place that you have not looked yet to find the master. And once you look there, then you'll understand. I kind of didn't get it. You kind of get it because at the end, you know, you're like, of course, the end he triumphs. But you don't really also understand it when you're a kid. And as an adult, you get it right away. If you look within yourself. That's all the answers you need. That's all you need to reach the final level to be a master is just look in yourself and tell yourself that I can do it. And that's enough. You don't need anything from anybody else. So then with Kung Fu Panda, same thing. This whole fight was over this scroll. And when you open it up, it's just a mirror. And basically the scroll says, once you open it, the, the information inside the scroll will show you what you need to be the master. And all it is is a mirror. And it's inside you. That's it. Everything you need to know to be awesome at something or is just the will to say I can do it and I'm enough. And that's all you need. And I didn't understand that then when I watched the movie and I kind of didn't get it all the way even when I was growing up because I didn't put that much thought into it. And then I happened to see Kung Fu Panda and I put it all together and I was like, you know, mind blown. It's like, holy crap, that's all you need is for me to look in the mirror and say, I'm enough. And whatever I set my mind to, I can accomplish it. And then you you like these writers are awesome that they were able to put that into a story, almost maybe even throw away or just something to advance the plot of a movie. That's again, that's a musical, a love story, an action movie, a comedy, but has such profound meaning when you look at it. And it was like, oh, profound. You know, it's not like you figured out quantum theory (laughs) or interstellar travel. No, I haven't. But it's still profound when you realize that you are enough that everything you need is staring you in the mirror for you to be able to do something. Um, So. He kind of understands. He doesn't understand. He's still pissed off. And his master is like, I'm done. I'm leaving. I'm visiting family. You have to figure this out. There's no other quest that you have. Others, you have to figure it out. So now now we come back to the vengeance and the love. So he's officially like, okay, I'm in love with uh, this girl. I'm in love with Vanity. Now he's officially on vengeance because for the third time, he gets kidnapped as well as his brother so now he's got to get vengeance for his brother he's got to save his love interest and vanity and so now he's got to go to this designated place and uh try to free them both even though the viewers know it's a trap uh set up partly by this other bad guy that's kind of inconsequential in the movie he's basically the money and he gets you know some of his plans get foiled by bruce lira so basically he hires shonuff and all these other bad guys you know basically he sets up the final scene he's the final boss behind the boss and what's cool about it is because then i didn't say it before but leroy uh, bruce leroy has a school and he's teaching his kids and the older kids at the school that martial arts is about self-defense it helps you find your center and it helps you find the beauty in others i don't want you to use this to go fight people and one of the best scenes in the movie is bruce lee where goes to he goes to save uh vanity he goes to save his brother 
and he's fighting all these other bad guys, but he kind of starts to get overwhelmed. And you hear this loud swell of just yelling coming from this other part of this building. And then you finally realize it's all his students running in for this final battle to protect their teacher, to protect their master. So you're already a teacher and you don't know you're a master yet. You don't you you can't even see the impact you're having on everybody. And his impact on those kids, and some of them were kids, they came rushing in and they fight this final battle and fight all these other bad guys. And I know I talked about some kind of the Easter eggs in it. If anybody's ever watched uh, or it's a Kung Fu kind of historian himself, Ernie Reyes Jr. was is in this movie and he was young cat. He's probably 12 and he was kicking everybody's butt in this movie. And it was awesome. If anybody ever seen um, Red Sonia, he was a little kid in Red Sonia uh, with um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, and also he, as an adult, he was a dude that was kicking the rocks butt in the rundown. I mean, so him in the rundown was pretty much the same as he was at 12, kicking these people's butt. So again, that's me fanboy geeking out. And his dad is one of the like background bad guy stuntmen. And they have this whole cool like two, three minute scene where they're fighting each other in the movie. And you can tell they're like better stuntmen than everybody else because they're like flipping all over the place. It was awesome. So, <laughs> which is and what's one of the coolest scenes is to see how, and again, I relate it to being an adult, is how people will come to your defense. You'll never realize the positive impact you have on people until you're in a negative situation. And the people you've had a positive impact on are that loud swell of people that will come to your defense. Would it, if it's to just let you know that, dude, you're awesome or girl, you're awesome. And this is how you've helped me. And let's help fight off the negative crap that's getting after you right now. And that's how I when you watch the scene as a kid and I watched it as a kid. I just geeked out. like, Oh, my God. His whole school came to like kick some ass this is awesome they're gonna fight all these bad guys this is great this is cool look at all this martial arts and another part this one guy in the class he he's scared to fight so he doesn't fight he just makes a lot of loud noise so he doesn't have to fight but he eventually hits somebody and the fear of fighting immediately leaves him and his actual skill comes out so again it's another message that's lost within an action scene that it was an adult you look at or as I looked at it I'm like holy shit (laughs) that's life I'm afraid to do something but when you actually do it the skill the pride or whatever you had in it comes out and you're able to just be free you may not be perfect at it but you're able to just be free and do it because you've already conquered that fear that you had that you were going to fail I mean, again, awesome to look at it now as an adult and in, in versus when I was younger. So now we they, they the school comes in, they fight them off. It's a cool martial arts scene. It's awesome. Now Bruce Leroy gets to go and he gets to we gets to the main event. Here we go. WWE. That's the main card right now. This is the what the fight you stay up until midnight to watch, hoping it's not gonna be three minutes. <laughs> And so Bruce Leroy, he fights Shona. And it's a pretty even match. It's going back and forth now. They both beating the crap out of each other. Leroy gets to drop on him. Boom. He thinks he's won. But as Shona is that complete ego, confidence in oneself, he's like, oh, yeah. Now we're ready to fight. And here's where the confidence of yourself is. He knew he was a master or he felt as though he was a master of his craft. So this is where that glow. Remember I told you about that song, The Glow? So this is where that glow comes from. This is where this is where that glow and the fantasy aspect of the movie. So this is where the glow covers his whole body. So he's got this cool red glow. And now he's hitting him with these super strong punches and throwing off this like neon sparks. I mean, it's cool. So now, like again, comic book on film. 
I mean, even though it wasn't from a comic book, but that's what it looked like. And it was awesome. And again, so now the fear part comes out. So now I'm losing. He's losing. Bruce Leroy is losing. He's feeling the fear. He's feeling the punches. He's confused as to see that his nemesis is a master or has conquered these emotions to have this glow come about. So as he's getting beat up, he gets grabbed. He starts getting dunked in water. Right. Basically held onto water, you know, effectively drowning him. You know, when he drowns you and he's torturing him, he's like, when I ask you who's the master, you better say show enough. So boom, 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 he drowns him, drowns him, breaks him up. He's like, who's the master? And he won't answer. And so, of course, we love movies because why? Because movies give you that those cool little flash tidbits. So as he's get drowned, he's having all these flashbacks to different people in his life to his brother to his possible supposed girlfriend if he does save her to his teacher all kind of giving him these hints that he is a master of his craft himself and he just needs to be the one to see it so finally he gets pulled out of the water which god it seemed like it was five minutes like you it's a less navy seal level holding his breath so he gets pulled out the water Showing up, looks at him, said, who's the master? My man, Bruce Leroy, says, I am. Looked him dead in his face and said, I am. So, it's on now, right? So, then he grabs, he tries to punch him. He grabs, Bruce Leroy grabs his fist, crushed his knuckles. He's got the glow coming over his body. And, of course, he does his get back. He beats up, showing up, kicks him into the same water jug, picks him out so he doesn't drown. Then the main bad guy with money, or the other bad guy with money comes. Of course, he can't fight, so he pulls out a gun, tries to shoot Bruce Leroy. Again, here's the fantastical magic of it. Catches the bullet with his teeth. If anybody's seen the movie, uh, there's a there's a very uh, famous line, phrase from Shona where he says, catches bullets with his teeth, please. I edited it out. But if anybody wants to hear the real version, I say that he says, catching bullets with his teeth, bullets with his teeth, nigga, please. <laughs> and that's a very famous line. Maybe it's famous among certain circles, but that's probably one of the famous lines from the movie. So he hands up, does he is a, much, uh, a callback, he catches the bullet with his teeth. He saves a day. He reunites with his brother. Which again reunites his family because now he can actually interact with his brother with love. He gave his brother a hug. His brother was like, man, I, I, was, I was worried for you and I'm glad you watched out for your back. So now they're reunited as brother, as brothers versus just here's we're kind of related and we live in the same house. And so he he's able to meet up or save Vanity. He saves the day gets her ready for her show and without any PTSD and trauma from being kidnapped three times <laughs> she goes and does her show and kind of a running gag that kind of went throughout the movie is uh, all of Bruce Lee Roy's brother's friends were talking about how he he's kind of a cornwall he kind of doesn't know how to deal with girls so apparently there's this whole white party at her video show uh, slash dance show that she's going on and everybody's in white and they're all dancing to this music and he comes in there he's all white looking cool looking just straight dapper he's got like a ninja outfit uh <laughs> slash sweatpants i mean he was looking cool though like i wish i had that outfit and he comes in and he's got these white roses and he's like yelling at her over the music but she can't hear him and so, of course, the music stops when he's like, oh, would you show me some moves? And they all start laughing at him. And he's like, oh, man, who's the cornball? And his brother, you know, again, the, the correlation of love and coming back and, and reuniting with his family. His brother's like, hey, that's my brother. He ain't no cornball. He's the master. And it was so cool because his brother finally was like, I see what you're doing. Like, I, I see and respect all the work that you put in to do what you do. And you're my brother. And like... I recognize that now. And then he and then Bruce Leroy, the main character, was like, I don't have to be afraid of anything, even if it's something I don't know. So, you know, show me some moves, how to dance or whatever. So, again, here's the kind of other musical number, the super slow. I mean, love song. She like floated down to his arms. <laughs> it's like it's real thick at that point. 
but it's just an all and then that you know that's the end of the movie basically you understand that see you know the master of harlem has found his you know queen in this songstress and he's got newfound respect from his family and also everyone else that's in the neighborhood and he's defeated the bad guys basically in short as an adult once you realize and you look in the mirror that hey i can do this and i am enough everything else seems to fall in place now you may not have a girl that floats out of the stands while she's singing and <laughs> lands in your arms but you may realize that you are enough which makes you um put yourself out there more which makes you find a girl which makes you um realize the love of your life if it is in front of you or makes you be able to do something to break the norm to find that so it's just awesome how as an adult watching the last dragon and i just recently watched this with my kids probably two days ago is watching this and seeing how fantasy of this movie and the the goal of reaching the final level and being a master can apply to anyone in their pursuit as an adult, as a teenager, as any purpose, and how it may not have been intended that way, but just because a movie is a movie and it's fantasy and it's fun and it's an hour and 45 minutes of forgetting reality doesn't mean that it has less it doesn't mean that it doesn't have lessons that you can take with you in your everyday life so that's kind of the first part that's me being able to reach or understanding what it really means to reach the final level and how watching the last dragon as an adult which is my favorite one of my favorite favorite movies how one of how watching that by myself again and watching it with my kids helped me realize the little nuggets of wisdom that was hidden within the movie that came out in 1985 and how we all can apply its message to our everyday life. So I know it sounds weird and I know it might be a little confusing, but just like the master said, good. Confusion is good. Confusion is a part of life. (laughs) So thank you guys for listening. I very much appreciate it. And um, I hope you have an awesome weekday, weekend, whenever you're listening to it. And let's fade out to the clip and to some music. Peace. It is a celebration. We have finished our journey together.